my stress These stress levels are not healthy I'm waiting for that call Saying records are not selling I wonder when this all disappears And they forget me Well, I feel like I found Who I was to be more empty I wonder was I wrong Thinking this is where God led me Or did I get involved With something that was too heavy I drive until I'm lost And just sit in my car Yelling my inner critic talks I'm just hoping that God Helps me to stop stressing Yeah The Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my better half, Boris. Wow, better half. Not Our really. Our show is available live on your radio, also on our app, The Cure, on any smartphone, and on our website, GodIsTheCure.com. We are broadcasting today live from Miami through satellite, and we're available in radios in more than 11 states, soon others, and on any podcast player. This show deals with suffering, the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, the courage to keep moving forward despite any obstacle with the help of God and each other. We do provide testimonials to let people know that they're not alone in this show. And the testimony started with me, having been a survivor from child abuse well into ch young adulthood. We also have s experts in several fields and inspirational speakers that are willing to help us with valuable information, knowing that education is necessary, awareness is crucial, and comfort is needed. I do believe we all suffer, or have suffered from something, and we hope to be a source of healing for each other. My healing came from God, but other forms of healing are presented as well to service everyone. Life can be very challenging. But always know, there's always someone who cares. There's always hope. The song we played earlier was My Stress and um, by NF. But who doesn't have stress these days? So I thought it was a good song to play. And last week we spoke about the coronavirus. But we keep coming up with more information and more challenges. And we all have different ways of handling these things. And the world is focusing on basic survival and human needs from vaccines, medications that will eradicate the virus, and ways to support those in need with the minimum living requirements. There's another important issue that comes with the coronavirus global crisis, pandemic, and social isolation that we need to focus on. It's our mental health. While most things visible 
can be strategically resolved, there's another invisible ailment that can be produced by this coronavirus that can be just as dangerous and deadly, and today we will discover the possible psychological effects of this invisible enemy and social distancing in the era of a global crisis. We have a very special guest today, all the way from Malaysia, Dr. Anne Jiwala. <laughs> Wait, I can do this. Dr. Anne Jubola Maya Singh Bas. We're going to see if you did it right later. I hope. <laughs> we, um, Dr. Singh Bas, in short, is an international <laughs> psychologist specialized in trauma and a thought leader in psychology and strategic leadership focused on high socioeconomic status dynamics. As founder, director, and consultant, Psychologist of Four Dimension Consultancy, Bass's expertise on mental health, human rights as a director of Amnesty International, and the climate crisis is informed through an intersectional lens of feminism, transpersonal psychology, and sustainability. Wow. Okay, even better. A philanthropist, she is the co-founder of the Bass Selbanath Selbanathan Foundation and is only one of only six psychologists to be named a young global leader by the lore, by the World Economic Forum. Wow. Marie Claire called her a top 25 woman of the year influencer. Vogue India, a supermodel and prestige magazine honoring her on the prestigious 40s under 40s list. Trusted by her peers, Dr. Bass is the American Psychological Association Division 52 Standing Representative for the Social Justice Committee. Dr. Bass is a regular contributor to many radio, TV shows, and newspapers. Also an LSE Distinguished Alumni with two years of research at Columbia University studying global intelligence and social psychology. Bass holds a bachelor's in psychology and Lady Shri Ram College from Lady Shri Ram College, University of New Delhi, a master's in science in psychoanalysis from the University of London, and a PhD with distinction from the Chicago School in International Psychology. Right, you didn't miss anything? No, there's a lot more. <laughs> this is just in short. Okay. Dr. Bass, you're super impressive. <laughs> thank you for being on the show. And thank you for your time. I understand we're 12 hours apart. This is, wow, amazing. A big sacrifice. Thank you. No, uh, no, it's not a sacrifice at all. In fact, what a special day it's uh, in, in, in your part of the world. I just finished in my part of the world with Earth Day, Earth Hour where we all turned our lights off for an hour in solidarity and to respect the earth. And now it's the U.S.'s turn, and it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. It's, I always think it's, a, it's so necessary to give back. You know, the earth always gives to us. Yes. We should give to the world. It's only right. And Absolutely. I think the earth has spoken pretty loud and clear with the... Uh, the coronavirus, uh, I, I think it has its own intelligence and we should certainly be listening to it. It's definitely a big eye-opener. 
<laughs> but Dr. Bass, how is Malaysia, I, I mean, dealing with the current pandemic? Are there a lot of cases there? Do you know? I, I Because this is global. This is that one unique time in history where we all share the same problem, the same enemy, the same yeah. fears, the same unknown uncertainty and but we do deal with it in different ways yeah absolutely well put um in malaysia like it just seems yesterday that um there were i mean i remember i was sitting with uh, somebody from the high commission of singapore's office which is our neighbor uh neighboring country Mm -hmm. And we were just discussing this literally just a month ago. We were having lunch, and it was only 20 cases in Malaysia. Uh, but through a series of moves, and I think what you would describe as a perfect storm, because all of a sudden our government changed. So, I mean, can you just imagine if, for example, a President Trump, who is a Republican, all of a sudden, for, like in, in some sort of uh, pretty much cool, uh, wow. A Democrat that's, let's say, leading Senate or Congress or how it works, like, took over and just became the President of the United States all of a sudden. It would throw your country into chaos. And that's exactly what happened in the beginning of March. Wow. So we had this Prime Minister, and then all of a sudden it switched, and it was very Shakespearean, and the whole ministry was switching, so we got a new Minister of Health, and that is not going to bode well for coordination of health-related things in terms of COVID, and we paid the price. Um, wow. You know, Malaysia is a Muslim-majority country, um, so there was a big Muslim mosque festival, but there was also a big Hindu temple festival where there were 16,000 at the uh, Muslim, the mosque, the festival. There was, like, even more Hindu uh, devotees, and despite warnings not to congregate, they did. They did. And wow. now two-thirds of COVID cases in Malaysia are from, have been traced to those religious festivities. Wow. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. We have about 1,000, roughly five, uh, 1,500 cases. Um, 26 people roughly have passed away. And one today passed away um, at age 35. And another person died by suicide because they were feeling guilty about maybe having made other people sick. Wow. wow. And that's that's what what I wanted to address because I, I understand that we're blessed in that sense to live in America, but nobody escapes the psychological effects. It doesn't matter what's going on in the country, political. I mean, the psychological effects can be devastating, like you just mentioned, the suicide. I mean, that can be just mm -hmm. as deadly or just as serious as the coronavirus. And yes. from what I'm hearing, there is, has been an increase in the suicide rate due to the pandemic. Yes. I mean, actually, to your point, um, you know, I, I, I always say that mental health... Yes, well, definitely, know, we definitely have to address that because this, this is something that is the most important thing. It's surviving, surviving anything. And it doesn't discriminate. It's keeping it together. It. We have physical health. We'll continue talking yeah, after the break. Health, okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm Amy Cabo. You're listening to The Cure. We will be right back with Amy Cabo and The Cure.
Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. The issue is not stay there, but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God, your husband, and your family, you can succeed. Love is the answer, God is the cure, reveals Amy Cabo's life. A warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life. You can get to know more about her and her story on GodIsTheCure.com or buying her book on Amazon.com. Welcome back to The Cure. This is Amy Cabo. We're talking about the psychological effects of the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> you, want to, you want to say something? I also want to talk about the contest we started. Let us know suggestions for a song that we can play on the show. Through our contact us page on GodIsTheCure.com and if we play it, you will receive a $25 gift certificate. Thank you very much for your suggestions. Okay, that amazing song that I picked was I Love Me by Demi Lovato. I picked this in honor of my beautiful, neat, beautiful, inside and out, amazing and intelligent, soon-to-be college graduate niece, Caitlin from Utah, who is a huge fan of Demi Lovato and recently survived COVID-19. Finally, thank God. And she was very sick, too. Hang in there, girl. I can relate to this song. I remember since not too long ago, I was still being hard on myself. I know what it's like to expect more of yourself and subconsciously self-destruct. I was careless and carefree, always willing to ride, not caring if I died, until I turned to God and realized I did not want to live any longer with a broken heart. It was then that I learned that loving me was enough. We're talking to Dr. Anne Jola Bass, who's helping us reveal how to deal with the psychological effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. Did we say it right this time, doctor? Oh, we're trying to get her back on. No, we are. Oh, okay. Doctor, so, do you hear us? Last we were speaking about doctor, yeah, is, it okay. was the psychological effects because we have different aspects. The, 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 guilt, tr the guilt trip that people get, the fact that there's an increase in suicides. And if we can go into that a little bit, doctor, um, so that we might know how to maybe help the situation 
Yeah. So the thing is, um, so when I study suicide, what is really important to note is that when that ideation crosses one's mind, like when, when there's been research done on people who have survived suicide, um, they've reported quite often, more often than not, that the minute they were taking that action in which to sort of die by suicide, they immediately started regretting it. Um, they're very happy, usually, that they live. And what happens is that that dark place that we go to where it all seems impossible and empty and there's just, you know, no light at the end of the tunnel, that lasts for about 45 seconds. If we can reframe, like literally sit on our hands and not move, that impulse will pass. You still might be depressed, you still might be sad, upset, angry, so on and so forth. But the will, so to speak, to take one's life will pass. So I think that's really important to remember because a lot of times people become their feelings. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like attaching to a roller coaster. You're up, you're down. Um, it, it is a much more psychologically healthy thing to take a step back acknowledge your feelings, respect your feelings, and then let go of your feelings. Do not identify or do not attach yourself to them. We are not our feelings. Our feelings don't equal facts. And behind every feeling is a thought. So, and, 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 you know, psychologists will actually tell you in the pantheon of emotions, if we could get rid of one emotion, we'd want to get rid of guilt because it's actually one of the most useless emotions. Uh, it's fine to have regret. In fact, we, we thrive if we can learn and sort of almost post-it note to self, I regret this action. I'll learn to do better next time. And then we set that burden down as opposed to carrying that nafta. And, you know, a cognitively healthy thing to do is to reframe the thought. I highly doubt, for example, in the case I was describing, the person who may have or may have not, that that wasn't um, ascertained, but even if had they... In fact, it's on, I doubt that it was on purpose. And we're trying our best at any point of time that we can uh, with the information that we have and where we're at in our evolution. So I think it's really important to put these things in perspective. Yes, I mean, I completely agree with you because, I mean, worst case scenario, I c you could always take a nap. Almost always you wake up feeling different. But the problem is that once you kill yourself, yeah. there's no more chances. You'll never know what children you'll have, right. who you'll marry, what could possibly be different. You, you, you'll never know what the future holds. There's no second chances. That's it. And how do we even know if this is not a huge privilege? Not everybody makes it. That's why there's a lot of miscarriages. Right. So how, That's how, right. Yeah. How, ahead, sorry. How do you address the issue with the constant news coverage? Like... Um, there is a lot of people that uh, are constantly looking the new at the news, and it's constant bad news. How do we do? How do we deal with that? Yeah, that's a really great question. I, I get asked that quite often these days, understandably. Um, well, I think we need to realize a couple of things. Um, there is a need to be informed. So I, I want people to pause, but not to panic. Right. Um, you know, for for example, if, you know, on average, unless you're a zoologist, you're not out there scouring the Internet for 
every type of information on giraffe. You're just not doing that. It's, it's like, what is that going to do for you? So why are we doing that for Corona? Like, on the, I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure because if the thought process is, I need to learn everything I can, you can't. Like, even epidemiologists cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to strike a balance. And everybody's threshold and balance, you know, obviously will look a little bit different. But if I need to know enough to be pragmatic, to be prepared, to be informed, and then that's it. Um, so I'd say, I say, I tell my therapy clients about 15 minutes in the morning every day, 15 minutes around dinner time, and that's it. Um, and definitely not before nighttime because that will give you nightmares. This is not the last you want. You know what I'm saying? Like sweet dreams, this many people died. I don't think so. But I also think, for example, it's important to put things into perspective again. So on my psychology page, I have an infographic that. And this is not to diminish what we're feeling, but again, it's to put it in a larger context in history. When you look at Ebola, um, H1N1, uh, you know, swine flu, um, SARS, uh, the bubonic plague, many, many more people died. But, you know, Twitter wasn't around in the bubonic plague. It's like a echo chamber. And everybody supports, you know, ratings, uh, yes. like PRP. They, they want to, like, magnify that, and it's recycled, and it's totally unnecessary. So... Uh, you need a counterbalance. So, uh, again, just to bring it back for a second to Malaysia, I'm sure you all are familiar with, you know, aviation's greatest mystery. Um, a flight, Malaysian Airlines 370, just disappeared five years ago with everybody on board. And no wow. one ever knows, uh, knew what happened to it. Right. And, you know, talk about unresolved trauma. Yes. Um, so I had many clients coming to clinic going, I am so afraid to fly, no way, oh my goodness. And my homework assignment was go to the international airport and sit. Yes, I mean, but you said it. You said it best, doctor. You said sometimes we set ourselves for failure, you know. And when we can't control yeah, our no, environment, at least let's not let's control what we're where we're believing or what we choose to believe. We will return with the cure and, and in a few minutes. Remember, the cure is live every Saturday at 1 p.m. This is Amy Cabo. With Amy Cabell and The Cure. Thank you. got me drinking, messing with my And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome to The Cure. We're live every Saturday with Amy Cabo and Boris. Listen on your radio, on our app, The Cure, and on our website, GodIsTheCure.com. All shows are available as a video podcast and audio podcast, The Cure. Just look for The Cure with Amy Cabo. That was Good Things Fall Apart by John Bellion. It's not our fault this coronavirus epidemic it's no one's fault it's not even god's fault when things 
good things fall apart. We can self-medicate and be dramatic as we learn to come to terms with a broken heart and accept that in this world there is trouble and celebrate all the good things that transpire from all things as we realize God's hand is in everything. Or not self-medicate. <laughs> also an option. I also want to remind you about the contest we started. Let us know suggestions for a song that we can play on the show through our contact us page on GodIsTheCure.com and if we play it, you will receive a $25 gift certificate. And it's not that easy for me to choose a song because it has to relate. I have to be able to say something poetic and so it's, it's, it'll be challenging. Okay. But we're talking to Dr. Anne Jola Bass about the invisible enemy, the coronavirus pand pandemic, social isolation, and its effects on our emotions and our psychological well-being. And Jola, Dr. Bass, everybody recommends social distancing to slow down the disease. That brings a lot of other psychological issues due to isolation. And different people have different ideas about this and different opinions. What's, what's your take? How do you see what's more important, the social isolation to help the physical aspects or the psychological effects that it might have that could be detrimental? Could the pros outweigh the cons? Well, I mean, I mean, simplistically, uh, social isolation works. So you need to be alive in order to work through anything, including that's a good point. The, <laughs> know, Perfect sense. The, the psychological yeah. happening. But here's the thing: again, we're convinced that, and it might be for a percentage of the population. Nothing, you know, as we know in science, is a hundred percent. But, um. I think the narrative is, you know, what will happen to our mental health? I mean, have we ever considered the possibility that we could walk out with a collective consciousness that is more compassionate, that is actually stronger, that we go, wow, I didn't know I had that in me. I love like, it. I'm forced to actually make eye, con eye contact with my spouse. I had to play with my children, not my mobile phone. I have a new appreciation for animals. Our government loves us so much that they will make sure we stay home. Um, once this is over, kids will actually love going to school. We will look and speak to our Uber drivers more respectfully. And again, you have to remember that it's not what happens to us that causes pain. It's how we think about it. So for one person, it might be utter loneliness and isolation. And for another person, it might be a beautiful aloneness where, you know, it, it's finally time to go within and, and to sort of meditate and be mindful. And, it, you know, it's really how we start thinking about it. It could be... And not only that, it's, and, and not only that, but we have time for important things. And for mm -hmm. here, the kids in America that are used to having everything, they'll appreciate the things they haven't had or they haven't been able to do. Or, or sleep too much. Or, you know, sometimes we have to lose things to appreciate them, even, even freedoms. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think this is a great teacher. So instead of looking at it as, 
what is wrong with this situation and trying to have control and certainty, when will it end? I think another way to psychologically reframe that is, what is it trying to teach me? What is the message here? And for the whole world, undeniably, it is slow down wow. and be humble. That's amazing you know, that you said that. A tiny microscopic thing that nobody can see has toppled practically, you know, has, has had governments on their knees. Uh, there's been a ceasefire with war. Even terrorists are like, okay, fine, we won't kill health workers. It, it's interesting what it's doing in a very positive way as well. All yeah. over the world. That's a good, good point. There yeah. is a lot of positive... You must have things. learned that from the Dalai Lama. Because <laughs> I know you met the Dalai Lama. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he is, he's an amazing individual. And tell me if um, there's anything that you've... I know that it was a wonderful experience. It must have been for you. But, you, you know, he's got wonderful teachings. And is there anything that you can share with us that can relate to this global crisis that can be helpful that you learned from him? Something that you found important so, that can everyone can... Yeah. So I remember being so moved when I heard the, His Holiness the Dalai Lama say the following. So for people who don't know, China and Tibet, where he's originally from, he takes refuge in India. We house, the, I mean, with, with absolute love and happiness, we house the Dalai Lama. Uh, he's been in India for quite some time. But that's because he was forced to flee Tibet as China sort of invaded Tibet. And, you know, the, Certain parts of the Chinese army and, and military were doing things like taking the sacred Buddhist text and having soldiers urinate on them, or making wow. the nuns and the monks rip them up and set them on fire. Extremely wow. painful things. That's and terrible. When someone asked them, What do you think of the Chinese? with absolute amazing energy and sincerity and authenticity and warmth. And, you know, literally, genuine humility. He's like, they were my greatest teachers. Wow. So I wouldn't even say that COVID is our enemy. It's just, what is it trying to teach us? Really? What is it trying to... You know, like, the first thing I could think of is the concept of zoos are so wrong. Now now humans know how it feels. Well, um, tell us actually, what... The, the, Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, in all honesty, you know, I mean, I work at the home of human rights. What we're talking about, like, you know, like panic buying, we're not going to have enough goods, and our freedoms are curtailed, and movement restriction. I mean, do you know how much of the, uh, like, many, many parts of the world, that's just the daily reality. Forget about COVID. Yes. That's what it means to be a refugee. That's what it means to flee war. I mean, oh, whether goodness. you like it or not, Julian Assange was literally in the Ecuadorian embassy for seven years in London living exactly under the conditions we are for COVID. True story. And he did it, uh, you know, for freedom of trust. So I, I think we need to put things again in perspective. It really helps with our mental health. And there's so many other things, other many other things that we can worry about. I mean, how many people die a year of heart attack, of other diseases, yeah, of, right. of overdoses, of, I mean, but, um, you know, it's when we don't know anything about it or we don't understand it is when it scares us the most. And I think that's what it is. And that's why little by little, it's just a matter of education. And like you said, doctor, 
putting things into perspective. Plus, we learn more and more about this virus, so soon we're going to defeat it. But there's something very interesting. Tell me what is Corona and how can that help us now? Can <laughs> <laughs> you say what is Corona? What do you mean by that exactly? I don't know. That's the question Boris wrote. That I was uh, looking at uh, <laughs> one of your know, Facebook you know, it's, posts. It's <laughs> Corona, we have no clue what it is. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could have used Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. No, no, it's, it's like a totally existential question. I, I quite like it. What is Corona? I mean, uh, from a psychological perspective, it is like genuinely whatever you want it to be. It could be the worst thing that's ever happened to you, or it could be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Literally, the cross you had to bear. And you can honestly, like, you know, that sort of um, ADBC come out of it, like, deeply reflecting on the other side and going, wow, there are some serious changes I want to make in my life. Because I, I really feel this um, quarantine and sort of social distancing is the ultimate reckoning. Uh, when you think of, like, like ism, right? Workaholism. Um, that's a culturally sanctioned thing. By most standards, that's cool and that's awesome. And there's other isolations. Dying into capitalism. Go for it. Of course. I'm sorry? Of course. There's other kinds of isolations. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes, you know, sometimes the way that we want to see things. And maybe that's what Corona is. You, you, you choose which way to go. Can I have but, a question? I have one question. <laughs> see, I, w I was reading something about you, Dr. Bass. So, I understand you have royal blood. Are you a princess? <laughs> um, I, I technically no. A more accurate way oh, would be aristocrat. So aristocrat. So you are a princess. Nice. Well, <laughs> when we continue, <laughs> we will. Okay. Oh, but <laughs> we will be continuing to talk. Wow, it's not such an honor to have you. <laughs> it's an awesome honor to have anybody here, and she's an amazing person. Please. Dr. Angela Labas about the emotional aspects of the coronavirus pandemic. We'll be right back. We'll be right back oh. with Amy Cabo and The Cure.
now we will continue with Amy Cavill and The Cure. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in, in to, to Cure, Cure with Amy Cavill and Boris. We're sure live every Saturday at 1 p.m. And you can, and you can listen, listen on The Cure app, app or, or on your radio, social, social media. media. Look, 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 God is secure. Also, also available as a podcast later, later on. That, that um, song that, that was just played, played that, awesome that awesome song, was Waymaker, Waymaker. by, by the, the Pentecostals, Pentecostals of, of Alexandria. That song, that song says it all. God, God wipes everyone off, off their feet. I, I have never seen someone, someone who doesn't, doesn't suffer well, well when they, when they don't, don't have God in their lives. lives. I have witnessed incredible strength, amazing forgiveness, unconditional love, not just in my life, but in my in our environment, within the entire world that surrounds us, and in social media. It's a God movement, as the only light in the darkness, waymaker, and miracle worker. There is no greater promise keeper. Greater, greater hope or greater, greater love. We're, we're talking about the emotional challenges of the, of the current pandemic, COVID-19. So, so doctor, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, talk, to talk to you about maybe the children. The children. You know, you know what, what, how, how the children, the children might might be affected. How do we, how do we treat them? Do we explain? Everything, everything going on, or hide it, hide it or, or I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Good luck in hiding it. <laughs> like spiritual, spiritual sponges. They sense everything. They're usually quite smarter than the adults in the room and can pick up on anything, including energy. Um, so I, I think it's just about like speaking to them uh, in a developmentally appropriate way. Like, like you would with anything, um, you know, whether you're moving to a different state or a parent has lost their job or even this, um, you know, there's a lot of actually cartoons on COVID that might sort of catch their attention, but more importantly, um, there are huge disruptions and they're going to take this cue, literally their nervous systems are forming, uh, if, you know, they're young and then sort of like, let's say before the ages of six or seven. They're going to literally take the cue from the parents. So it's not even, oh, um, oh, we're not arguing or we're not fighting. Even if you're stressed or totally anxious and panicking, without saying anything to them, they can pick it up. And, and we know that thing. The children don't pick up on, or they don't listen to what's said. They listen to, you know, what you do. So modeling, sort of mindful, calm, pragmatic, where, you know, you serve yourself and you serve others. Uh, these are the lessons that they'll take with them way beyond when COVID's over. And, you know, it's again reframing it into a sort of resilience as opposed to a panic thing. You just, just imagine telling them, like, wow, you know, I, I almost wish I had this kind of experience when I was your age. Because imagine how much more worldly and strong and resilient you're going to be because of this. So it's, and what, it's is, and a, and what a great story. And what a yeah. great story you'll have to tell. <laughs> I mean, there's two sides to every situation. Sure. You just, you know, you can build resilience by speaking to the child with optimism. Because there is two ways of looking at everything. I yeah. mean, it, and reality is, is about how you look at it. Is it not? And how you present I mean, it. That's, 
eventually how you're going to feel. But when it comes to children, children bounce off of us. They And children can be very resilient. What do we go to? What do we bounce off, off of? I mean, how about religion? That I know that it can be helpful in this trying times, no matter what religion you may have. Whether, you know, I'm a Christian and I understand you're a Buddhist. Um, all, relig all religions guide us in times of troubles. What do you think? Absolutely. I think in ways you see the best aspects of religion during these times. Uh, you know, the, the kindred spirit and, and absolutely in service of people and love and compassion. All religions are absolutely united in that. But even, for example, if someone doesn't have what would be in its relative, but what might be called a strong religion or religious practice, rather, um, or maybe, you know, consider themselves agnostic or atheist, your quote-unquote religion can be one of kindness. And a lot of times our own pain can be alleviated by service to others. Yes, now, that could be a religion in, in like itself. A sense, we cannot, <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and literally, we cannot serve others because it's so contagious. But certainly, there's things that you can donate to. I mean, hospitals everywhere well, around the world are in shortage of well, ventilators, masks, so on. You know, a home-cooked meal and having that delivered to the people on the front line. And you know and what? Were, on you know, on the psychological things, aspect, what you can do to be there for each other you can FaceTime, you can send text messages, those yep. friends that you normally don't text or you don't normally, let's say, say happy birthday, now you have time to do all those things. And, you know, you have, you have time. It can actually be a period of deeper connection. Right. For sure. And, you know, um, there was a time that our yeah, lives are too busy and we didn't have time to be social and to text our friends. Yep. And so now we have that time. Can I have another yeah, question? Yeah, we always say to ourselves, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and then we don't. And now we're forced to actually look around and, and, and we can utilize technology. I mean, if you want, the next best thing from actually watching a, a film with your friend is, let's say, uh, you know, downloading an app, an extension where you can watch it simultaneously, you can pause it, you can chat. There's all kinds of ways to get creative. There are 24-hour live feeds of animals, um, so... Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of opportunities to be creative. You know, FaceTime has a group uh, a group video chat, FaceTime, and you can talk to okay. several people all at once and see them all. Like if you're all in the same room, it's awesome. Great, and I w I'm right. so interested in the Eastern culture, Doctor Bass, and it's like uh, reading about Namaste. But we're, but we're done with the show. Oh, almost. Hold on, hold on. This is just this question. So Namaste, what is the deeper meaning of that? I know that. Is not just you know a greeting. Oh, yes, you're getting so, philosophical. You know, you know with, with, with your hands folded and a slight bow, me is I salute the soul in you. In I, I salute the soul in the other person. Oh wow! See, nice. What it, it was so actually, great. Thank you for really being on the point, show. We're almost yeah, done. Sorry. My pleasure. Okay. Doctor, it was awesome. Thank you for being with us all the way from Malaysia. And, you know, you, you make so much sense. I love the way that you think and the things that you've told us have been extremely helpful. Thank you and God bless whatever, Thank you, whatever you call me in Buddha. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Both of you, take care. Thank you. You too. And thank you to our audio producer, Jasper, for being with us today and making the show sound beautiful and making the music possible. Thank you for allowing us. And thanks to Robbie. He's such a great Christian car guy. We love that he watches and listens to the show. That's actually his name, Christian car guy. And he actually gives us feedback, which we don't normally get. So now let's pray. Father, we are praying for, for the sick and infected, God heal and help, sustain bodies and spirits, contain the spread of, the, of infection. For our vulnerable populations, God, protect our elderly and those suffering from chronic disease. Provide for the poor, especially the uninsured. For the young and the strong, God, give them the necessary caution to keep them from unwittingly spreading this disease. Inspire them to help. For our local, state, and federal governments, God, help our elected officials as they allocate the necessary resources for combating this pandemic. Help them to provide more tests. For our scientific community, leading the church to understand the disease and communicate its gravity, God, give them knowledge wisdom and persuasive and a persuasive voice for the media committed to providing up-to-date information god help them to communicate with appropriate seriousness without causing panic for consumers of media looking to be well informed god help us find the most helpful local information to equip us to be good neighbors keep us from anxiety and panic and enable us to implement the recommended strategies, even at a cost to ourselves. For those with mental health challenges who feel isolated, anxious, and helpless, God, provide them every necessary support. For the homeless, unable to practice the protocols of social distancing in the shelter system, protect them from disease and provide isolation shelters in every city. And for international travelers stuck in foreign countries, God help them return home safely and quickly. Amen. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo, our app, The Cure, or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcast, of previous shows, visit GodIsTheCure.com.